that that's the general population motto is good enough. Uh, good good enough to ship. Uh, kind of kind of we mirror Ubisoft in that way. Um, hello everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Podquisition, uh, unpatched for your pleasure. My name's Jim Sterling. I am joined as always by the ever so delightful Laura. Hello. Hello, how are you both doing this week? I'm fantastic. How are you, Gavin? How are you? I'm good. I'm not too bad now. I finally, finally took a little break from music, so that was nice. That's good. That that other voice is Gavin. Yeah. Miracle of sound. He's kind of a pop star. Respect him. Yeah. What What do you do with your life when you take a break from music? I kind of wonder this because in my mind, all you do is make music. Have you not seen my Twitter feed? <laughs> I I haven't looked at my Twitter feed in the part. I've part been of like week. throwing I... parties and playing video games, basically. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a, a, a just one long party this week. I went to a, a different part of Ireland this week where my, my father was from uh, because he was uh, a published poet. And uh, they every year in Waterford, which is the town he was from, they do a festival in his honour. So oh. that's where I was. And it was really oh, nice. Shit. I got to see lots that's of well-known really awesome. poets talk about my dad. And then also this weekend Your we had a... dad gets a festival. A... My one gets a missing persons report. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. <laughs> oh no, and then we just had a, a one of those awesome parties where you watch Scream and take a drink every time someone screams or like Gail says something <laughs> stupid or uh it was really cool. We had a good week. <laughs> it's nice to actually take some time off. Laurie, you ask what he does when he's not making music, considering how many times he's shown up to this recording hungover. I, I feel like I get a very good idea of what Kev that's, does when he's not recording. That's a very good point. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I just always assumed that making music and being drunk weren't mutually exclusive. That's so true. Just, that's just how he how his creative process it's was, part, I guess. It's part of the no, job, No, they're mutually, really. they're definitely yeah. mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've all had a video game to play this week. Well, Which, two of us. Well, two of us. We've have. had you've one had... to play. I've not had a chance to play this. You've had one but, to troubleshoot yeah. this week. <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming that with your week off, you've played some some Witcher Three, Gavin. Hell yes, I have. I have played so much Witcher Three, and I I I feel like between that and GTA Five PC and Bloodborne, I have never felt so spoiled within a three month period in in video games. I mean, it's this this game is just fucking amazing. I know you guys have had your issues. I've had a couple of crashes too, but I managed to fix that. With that, actually, before we go on about the game, here's a, if if you're, if it's crashing for you on Nvidia users, go into Nvidia control panel and set your power preferences to using full 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 performance. Uh, that fixed the crashes for me, so it might fix them for you as well. I've also read that taking the, what do they call it, hair works, like getting rid of that can help some people as well, like up the performance um, with all of the Vidal Sassoon hair that, that NVIDIA puts in uh, might be causing some issues. Uh, so you might want to look at that as well. Um, but as far as I can tell, the PC version is definitely um, got the, the longer end of the stick. Uh, I wanted the PC version for review, but I didn't get that until launch and kind of kind of attained that one myself. Uh, they only had an Xbox One code for me, so I had to... Uh, it was it was wait till launch or, or get in early, and I, I'm not made of time, so I just thought, fuck it, I'll just I'll slum it on the Xbox One version. Uh, and that, that has issues. Um, I mean, for me, it's not so much the glitches, it's the issues they've designed themselves. Like the amount of candles that are everywhere that you press A to ignite or turn off. And they're right by the looting chests and the NPCs that you also interact with by pressing A. So you're trying to like open a box and sometimes the candles are on top of the boxes. Why is that happening? Like it's just, it just feels like I'm being trolled every time I want to pick up an item. And, I'm, and Gelrot's just clicking his fingers and magicking fire on candles. Well, at least you got the game to load. Because I didn't get that far. <laughs> so here's my problem. I'm playing on console and I loaded that is up your the problem. game. That I is your the, problem, Laura. That is my problem. I'm well aware. But I, I got, I got my, my, uh, my PS4 copy that got sent. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll be playing console version. And um, well, the game does the opening cinematic. And then it crashes every single time. Uh, what what a console is that? Xbox One, PS4. The PS4. 
PS4. And I'm not the only person who's had this issue. I've been troubleshooting and I emailed some PR people and the answer I got was, yeah, it's happening and we're not entirely sure why. So there's no fix for it yet. Sorry. Video games. So Um, I have have one cutscene and an opening menu and I can't actually load the game. Do you like them? Are they good cutscenes and opening menus? The, the, the in your opening, professional the opening, opinion, the opening cutscene was. It is a, was, it's it was a pretty lovely cutscene, to be fair. Well, the opening cutscene was good in that it got me excited, but it was bad <laughs> because it got me excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I've I've watched a lot of streams of The Witcher Three this week, all just trying to like get some bit of my heart to feel like I'm playing this video game I want to play. Just trying to live vicariously through other people. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I loved it. My review went up on thegeneralquisition.com um, today as we record this, Wednesday. Uh, and definitely, I mean, my overall takeaway is that this is one of the most well-written games um, that I've played. It's uh, one of the very few games that take the M rating and actually pay heed to the word mature. Because uh, there's some grown-up stuff in it. For all of the criticism it gets for being all tits and um, tits and stabbing... Um, Okay, can I, I say something? I'm 12 hours in and haven't seen a tit yet. This is so exaggerated, all this stuff about, oh, it's it just sex of, and... It's it so... Is, yeah. Like... Oh. They're not a big part of the experience. <laughs> and the thing is, I mean, you know, you can find, um, you know, prostitutes and do all that. Uh, but the actual sex that comes up as part of the story, I mean, it's cute. Like, it's not... It doesn't feel sleazy or exploitative to me. It's kind of charming. There's humour in it. Um, It it feels kind of amazing, because the only thing I know about sex in The Witcher 3 so far, from my experience, is that I saw someone say that you can have sex on a unicorn. Yes, you have sex on a stuffed unicorn. It's a running joke. I mean, you know, minor spoilers. It's a running joke set up from the beginning and kind of comes back as a brick joke later. Um, But... Just that the way they build up the stuffed unicorn really highlights that these characters have a history together and this kind of charming relationship that they have, Um, which to me feels more realistic and humanizing than any of the kind, than even like the Bioware sex stuff, where it's like, you know, give gifts and talk to this Mm. person a lot and then you'll bang them. Well, yeah, it's Um, not, it's not, it's not, it's not throwing the idea at you that you have to earn sex. Yeah. You know, which is Geralt, a really unhealthy idea to uh, to yeah, be given to people. <laughs> Geralt isn't putting coins in women and for the sex to come out. Like he has relationships with these women that's woven into the story. They're flirting together. You always get this sense that you know there's these kind of uh, intense feelings between Geralt and the characters. It just it strikes me as you know maybe not the most realistic in all of media, but as far as games go, definitely the most realistic. Mm. Especially the opening scene where, like, um, Yen is just, like, she's nude, but she has a towel on her head. She's clearly just had a bath. He's nude. He's in the bath. It's just completely normal, which, because, you know, that's what couples are like, you know? Yeah, I mean, it just, it feels, it really doesn't feel, um, like, deliberately sleazy. Um, No, not at all. I mean, even even the prostitutes, like, even when you, like, because obviously I tried them, obviously. Um... (laughs) Even the prostitutes, there's, it's more for humour's sake. Like, because Geralt seems to always get the short end of the stick. Like, they'll either make him stump up the money afterwards, kick him out of bed. Um, you know, he'll try and go for seconds, and they'll just just callously brush him off, and he leaves kind of hangdog look on his face. Um, like, it all just comes across as more charming than than crude. Uh, so mm. I really, I do tend to disagree respectfully. You know, I'm not about to. Uh, you know, start crying about censorship and all this bullshit that goes on, uh, but respectfully disagree with with some of the some of that criticism that I've seen with uh, The Witcher when it comes to that kind of uh, content. Okay, oh, I think there was one um, smaller mission that dealt with um, a character um, and the reaction the villagers had to discovering that he was gay, and that I thought was a really interesting, um, really interesting little quest. Mm. Like I'm, I'm liking what I've seen about the game. Um, I'm hearing a lot of very positive things that make me think that I'm going to enjoy it a lot. Um, I am so excited for the stupidly small detail that when you're following NPCs, you can set the pace of the person you're following. Like silly yes. little things like that have little silly little things like that are getting me really excited about this game. It doesn't sound like it's perfect, 
but I am excited about these little things that other games should probably have done a while ago. It's a game that, that lives and dies by the little things. Like, no problem I have with the game is huge, but there's lots of little things. Where, and the same thing goes for the stuff that I really love. Like, on its own, it's really petty, small stuff, but together it's brilliant. Like, mm. like I, in the review, I dedicated like nearly a paragraph to praising the NPC sprinting <laughs> when you sprint. Because it's just such a... It's, it's something that always annoys you in games, but mm. is never big enough for anyone to really complain about. So when we see someone of their own volition do it, we're like, holy shit, that's a revelation. Um, by the same token, you know... It makes it makes escort missions a joy rather than a pain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But by the same token, there's plenty of little things that just piss me off, like the horse and how <laughs> it gets stuck on trees because they made the environment so densely populated that it looks gorgeous, but it's a it's a pain in the dick to navigate. Uh, you, need, you need to learn to get good, Jim. Learn to horse. See, I couldn't agree more with Jim because it's the little things that annoy me. And for me, it's the little things like the length of the game because the game is one cutscene long and then it stops. Grumble, grumble, grumble. I'm not happy. I mean, I'm just saying, I, I am big on animal rights. I love animals. Um, the idea of hurting an animal like, like upsets me. But if at any point you get the opportunity to cut Roach's fucking head off, because I don't, I don't consider it a horse. I consider it like the embodiment of evil. Um, you, you call it, and it doesn't arrive. Has, has, has playing The Witcher Three given you the urge to play Horse Beater Three Thousand? It made. I may need to work <laughs> off some steam with Horse Beater Three Thousand because that fucking horse doesn't go where you want it to go. Goes near a bit of water and just goes and doesn't. Then just stops. Sometimes it stops sprinting for no reason, even when it's got stamina. I hate that horse. Getting on and off is a fucking hassle. I hate that horse so much. <laughs> but it is a really great game. Um, That's weird, man. I've just not I'm had so any trouble with the horse at all. Just because it's so good. <laughs> you liar. You liar. Did you really... I, I won't get between the two of you. You you sort this out amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like I said, it's, it's mostly little things that, that piss me off. Um... And, and it was the fact that I've been playing it for days on end, full whole days, and those little things really mount up on you. Um, but mm. by the same token, the really nice things mount up as well. And, and, and it's just, as someone who quite famously wasn't that into Witcher 2, yeah, I gave it a 6.5 back in the day and was public enemy number one for a bit for doing so. Um, this one really impressed and has really uh, mm. delighted me and mm. you know I gave it an 8.5 which I consider a very very fucking high praise from me so yeah they've stuff. done an, a much better job than the previous games of explaining their systems and, and mechanics as well like even the only thing that stumped me a little bit was the the kind of alchemy and crafting and stuff but it's actually not as it's not nearly as complicated and annoying as it was in, in the previous ones yeah, they've streamlined combat, streamlined crafting. Um, my one issue is that some of the tutorial stuff, um, when you go back into the glossary, doesn't really explain a lot. Like, I, I knew Adrenaline did something. I remember being told Adrenaline did something, but was in the middle of, of combat and didn't pay much attention, and I tried to look back on it, and, and I just kind of had to work it out what it was as I I still haven't on. figured out what Adrenaline does. <laughs> <laughs> 12 hours in I have no idea what it does uh, I think it, it, it just kind of increases your power mm. oh goodness so I've, I've been playing an open world game this week but it's not the same one that you've both been playing and this is a very old um, open world game I've been playing I went back and I spent this week replaying Grand Theft Auto San Andreas because wow we know why you know why because someone <laughs> sent me a coming. copy that has uh, a copy of it for the pc that came out before a certain patch and yeah i've been playing the hot coffee mod for san andreas this week because i never actually saw it back in the day and i was kind of curious so wonderful as an offhand comment made by gavin it's now come to light i'm just gonna find the uh the person on Twitter's name so that I can thank them for sending me out this copy. Um, this was, one second, Marcus Crafting, uh, who I thanked at the end of last week's show, I think, because he just posted it out and it arrived just in time for today's show. 
yeah. Um, so the Grand Theft Auto San Andreas hot coffee mod pretty much goes like this. You play San Andreas until you can get a girlfriend. You go on a date with your girlfriend, which pretty much consists of drive your car up to her front door. She'll get in the car. You drive around in circles for a bit. She asks you to shoot some people because apparently that turns her on. Then she asks you to drive her home. And with the mod set up properly, she will invite you in for coffee. Mm-hmm. Not and just shoot people, drive by shooting. Sorry, yes. Dri- specifically. It's specifically drive by <laughs> yeah. shooting. It's while she's still in the car with you. I apologize for that. But yeah, <laughs> she's turned on by drive by shootings. So she's like, drive around in circles, basically outside my front door. Now do a drive by shooting, then stop back at my front door. And right I'll invite near where you in. I live. Yeah, like, here's the thing. Like, y- she gets in the car and the game's like, Hmm, drive around somewhere and find somewhere that she'll like. And then just directly outside her house, it says she likes this area. So I literally just drove around in circles outside her front door because it told me she likes the area outside her front door. And then I shot people outside her yeah. front door. Then it's full of her my family and friends door. and neighbours. Yeah, and so that was great. Yeah. And she invites you in for Well, coffee. she likes anywhere. You see, she likes anywhere where gangsters hang out. Pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, she invites you back in for coffee. And if you say yes, um, she pushes you onto the bed and you watch a blowjob being had. And he's still got his trousers on. I don't imagine that being terribly comfortable. She's probably hitting her face against, like, the zip of his jeans. Mm-hmm. And then Denim get... as well. I never like oh, the feel yeah, of de- denim. denim. Denim near your face can't be pleasant. And then no. you get a cut to the actual interactive sex. And... Basically, you have a little excitement bar on the right that fills up as you go, and your controls are up and down, and you just have to up and down in rhythm, and again, the guy's still got his trousers on it. No point during sex does he think that maybe I should take my trousers off. He's like, nah, just stick my cock through the zip. And she's kind of got a cropped top, but she's not wearing trousers, but it's sort of, it's angled. Bear in mind, it's probably unfinished because it seemed to be pretty pretty finished other than the fact he still had his trousers on like you Mm. she's still clothed from the waist up and you don't see anything below the waist he's kind of like you don't see anything other than just like well here's a man behind a woman and he's very much thrusting in time with you pressing up and down and then when the excitement bar is filled, she kind of gets a weirdly crooked smile where it's like a V-shaped, like, it looks like they used, like, a tool on Photoshop to kind of point her mouth upwards and make it a smile. Like a Joker-esque smile. And then she's just like, ah, that was all right. And then it ends. And then you're back in your car and you leave. (laughs) To be fair, all of the faces in San Andreas are, like, fucking horrible (laughs) <laughs> a little bit, but you don't usually focus on the faces that much mm-hmm. until, like, you know, you've just finished having sex and it's just this creepy, demonic grin staring back at you, like, <laughs> ah, that was pretty good! And that's, like, <laughs> that's the extent of it. So it is literally just up, down, up, down, up, down, mm-hmm. up, down. I filled the excitement bar! Yeah! Hooray! And that I is, that is do hot you, coffee. Do you guys <laughs> remember Catalina from that game? Yeah... Oh my god! I she gets a lot of hate, but I loved Catalina. I, I thought she was I, the most fun character in the whole game. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan. <sighs> I do find it funny just how controversial that was. When now we have, you know, full swinging dongs in Grand Theft Auto and and mm-hmm. Trevor Scrote and well, the Order having big floppy penises and Geralt's shapely ass on a stuffed yeah, unicorn. Like, you you see more in games like at least in like Mass Effect, you saw some side boob, but. I think, like, from what I can tell, the entire, like, it is the same way that people felt um, about things like, uh, how do do I put this? Um, Well, I I think the whole problem is just the fact that you are directly controlling the thrusting. And that is what sets this apart from other things, is while you're not seeing anything, you are very much reenacting, I am going to thrust repeatedly in and out of this woman. And, like... It doesn't leave any of that to the imagination. It is, no, you are very much in control of thrusting at this woman. Which, Which you, you know, know is... I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I I can understand the fear of, ah, oh, but what if their kids see it? But honestly, 
if your child doesn't yet know what sex is, they're probably not going to understand what's going on in that scene anyway. They're probably not going to be want to be playing fucking Grand Theft Auto San Andreas either, well, to be fair. They certainly shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. You know like, what well, I mean? I mean, like, a <laughs> parent who's mad kids, about that scene. <laughs> don't, don't let your kids buy something that has 17 mm-hmm. plus on the box, but yeah, I don't think it was that big a deal. Yeah, I mean, I but think may- maybe helped... that's maybe that's just because I'm the person who reviews se- weird sex games. I did fuck a fish <laughs> at one point, so you know I can't say much. I well, I suppose it's, it may not seem big deal now, but it's like you got to review the originals. You know what I mean? You got to go back to your roots, Laura. Exactly like that. <laughs> when you pointed it out, I you, was can't, like, you, know you can't what? review I've... like Aerosmith yeah. without learning about the blues first. You know? Yeah. Uh, this was an entire like this was an entire part of my sex game education that I completely <laughs> skipped by. And you know what? Thank you for filling this important <laughs> gap in my knowledge of, of of the industry. I owe this to you, Gavin. I think what helps with, with hot coffee now historically, um, or would have helped uh, if it were out today, is just how ubiquitous sexuality has been in games now. With uh, you know, We're at the point where floppy cocks in games are uh, less of a deal now. Uh, we're well, at a point where Geralt's thank you, Havoc. can hang out on a, well, on a yes on a well, unicorn and tits can well, be everywhere. While I kind of agree with you, Jim, I still think that even if like something like this released today, the problem would still be that like you remember maybe a decade or more ago when like Fox News loved using the the uh, the term like sex simulator um, to describe things like Mass Effect. And we all know how inaccurate that term that term was for it because you weren't you weren't simulating having sex. No, you were just sort of two characters in this piece of passive passive bit of a piece of media happened to have sex off screen and kind of hinted at. But I think that we would still have the problem here where if this was put into like a mainstream boxed shelved release today, we would still get the case of, hey, you are you have agency, you're interacting during that moment, it is fair to call this a sex simulator, which I still don't think is accurate, but a lot of people Possibly. would quibble that and say, no, you're, you're, you are acting it out, you're taking part in the action, this is a sex simulator, and we'd probably still have the controversy we had. You see, I see your point there, but I also feel that... I feel like the idea... Because I feel that once an outrage has happened, it gets very difficult to whip the excitement back up for it. Like, you look at the reaction Marilyn Manson got in the 90s. He'd kill for that now. Like, it's so old-fashioned. And I feel like the uh, whole Debbie does Star Wars thing that they tried to uh, whip up with Mass Effect, that was them spending their credit, their outrage bucks on that they've done that and and sex in video games now has just become too normal and too it's too much for them to deal with now they like to pick on what they call what what they would like to call the herald of the destruction of society they want the the one new thing and i mm. feel like sex in games now is not new enough for them to pick on i could be wrong but i, I think a lot of that is mm. that the people who tend to be outraged by these kind of things have become a much less influential voice in media and culture as well I think they're probably still just as outraged. They're just not as vocal and audible. While I generally, like, agree with the points you've made, I still think that just by virtue of having agency, I think that if you put out, like, Grand Theft Auto 6 in a couple of years and you very much like this, it's, hey, you don't see the penis or the vagina, but you are controlling the sex happening... I still think that there would be a segment of the non-gaming community that would be up in arms about it. Because I mean, games, they're, they're, are, games are still for well. kids. Games are for kids. <laughs> you may be right. I think really their new battle is more... Um, I think their new battle is less just sex and more like, um, you know, gay uh, content being put in, sort of LGBT stuff being put in. Like I remember the, la- the last big outrage I properly remember was... Uh, um, some reactionaries getting all upset because uh, like like gay relationships were being talked about in the old republic uh, and stuff mm. like that. I feel like they've upgraded from normal sex. Like they're now saying, okay, the sex is all right so long as it's straight, but let's have a look at what you know those two boys are doing with their winkies. Uh, so Speaking I feel of like which, that's where they've moved. We have a huge referendum on Friday about that. I know, oh, yeah. I was seeing on Twitter and your, yeah. your reactions and everything. Yeah, um, it's. It, I have to say, it's been 
one of the most frustrating experiences imaginable watching this play out <laughs> it's it's so, there's there's arguments being made that actually make your brain twist around like on, it's on, just uh you know I, think what? Was, I can't remember <laughs> if it was on there's which whichever of the tv channels over here has loose women on it as a women's mm. chat show one of the hosts of that compared um gay marriage to isis today that was a bit of news that happened where she was like yes basically yeah she was like well we wouldn't make people support isis if they didn't want to so why should we make them support the gays mm. yeah it's ridiculous because <laughs> like, she was making this argument like oh if someone came into a bakery and said i want you to make a cake that says isis are great we wouldn't mm. judge the cake shop for saying no so why do we judge them when they won't make a gay cake i fucking hate the people that do that like i remember the argument when mass effect 3 was coming out and there was the usual uproar because oh my god you could kiss a boy in it if you want and then it, it gets to that argument of like oh well why don't we just let pedophiles be in the game and you can have sex with kids and i'm like but the fundamental difference mm, so that you're, many you're failing to grasp is that pedophiles fuck kids that's the difference, right? Gay people, right, do gay sex. Pedophiles fuck kids. There was a gay kiss and bully and no one freaked out over that. And I don't know why they didn't. I don't know what it was about that one that didn't freak yeah. people out. Because <laughs> it's like, it's a rock star game with a, very a kid kissing a boy. Kiss. <laughs> and they didn't care. But yeah, it's yeah. this whole like, does the thing hurt someone? People being gay doesn't hurt anyone. People being pedophiles does hurt children. People being an ISIS does hurt people. Does being gay hurt people? No. Their argument is all about children, you see. And the straw man there is that this actually won't affect the laws regarding adoption at all. But anyway, you know, this is... Um, but yeah, as someone who had a gay parent, um, vote no if you don't, if you don't want to uh, grow up having kids grow up to be successful, creative musicians. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> we, we want a nation of Gavins, and yeah. you are saying yeah. no to that. I mean, really, vote... It, it's it, um, is it, it's, it's the no the good one? No is the bad one. No yes. is the bad one. Yes, I, is the, yes changes it so that... It basically, all it's changing is that gay couples will have the same marriage rights, and bisexual couples will have the same marriage rights as, like... Normal, like, oh right, god, so that's the, the change. As, I as hate that couples. word, sorry, normal as, as straight couples. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's fine, but yeah, it's like, here's the thing I'm, I am someone who I can't get married at any of the churches in my area because, like, while gay marriage is legal, mm. none of the churches in my area they're just like, nope, we still don't like the gays. So, you know, do your bit, help gay marriage be a thing because mm. me and my fiance, we would like to get married and. That would be easier if lots more people voted yes on these things. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, like it would... Just vote yes for these things if you... If you're not a dickhead <laughs> and and you feel like expressing that non-dickheadedness in a way that would help other people. Exactly. Some of those people wanna... might be dickheads, uh, but a lot of them aren't, so help them out. Do you want do you want to be an official member of the Podquisition fan club that is the best fans that love us the most then vote for gay marriage This is this just just so that there's no bones about this <laughs> This is us politicising. Yes, okay? yeah, we are politicising. I'm, I'm, I'm disclosing <laughs> are that our, right now. We are using our influence here to politicise and to push our, our gay agenda. definitely putting my political agenda in, yes. <laughs> in here. <laughs> we are all pro-homosexuality, pro and that yeah. is... We're not hiding that. Woo-woo. Yeah, so, LGBTQT <laughs> stuff, GTQ, BB, barbecue stuff is incredibly important to, I think, all of us. So that is us politicising, and we have put politics in our discussion, and we won't do that anymore. So let's talk about the feminism yeah. in Fury Road. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so th this, the fun of this. So Mad Max Fury Road came out. One of the characters in it is a woman with a shaved head. Before the film came out, people who don't like women very much decided they didn't like that there was a woman in their man film. Is that about the crux of the argument? It's, well, this it, same person also said they were ruining a great piece of American cinema where, you know, <laughs> Mad Australian. Max is Australian. Yes! So. 
There were so many arguments I saw that fun that, that led me to believe that most of the people upset are fake Mad Max geek boys, because yeah. uh, so many of them don't seem to understand do what Mad not, Max is. Do they not remember Tina Turner in Beyond Thunderdome? Exactly? I think they've forgotten who runs Town, my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, they forget as well. Like a lot of people saying, "Oh, well, it wasn't Max's story, and he didn't say much." Like, Have it you never seen was. Them? Yeah. <laughs> Have Not you seen the Road Warrior? Mel Gibson has like twelve lines. Well, yeah. Here's the thing, like I someone was saying this and I think it's actually really accurate, is Fury Road, you could take all of the dialogue out of that film and the plot would still be equally discernible and it would still be just as good a film. It was yeah. a masterpiece like, of that, visual storytelling. That film mm. is not a film about the words being said, it is a film about what is going on in front of your eyes. Yeah, like I mean, having having time having had time to reflect on it now and think about it, I can honestly say it's probably the best action movie I've ever seen. Like my favorite, at least. It was, I think I it think was up there with your Aliens and your Terminator Two. Is like me and my wife were saying that. Like we think that in ten years' time, it's gonna be in that sort of hallowed echelon. And mm. and I think it's no surprise that Alien and Terminator as a series also featured very strong um, female representation. representation. They were action films and sci-fi films that were for everybody. Uh, And people forget that. Uh, Sarah Connor, what a badass. Yeah, they forget Mm. that, you know, these films have always featured badass women doing badass things. And and, uh, the classics of these genres have done that. And I think it's there's a reason they become so classic. It's because it's not just remembered by some guys. It's remembered by Every fucking one of mm. us. Because we all wanted to go see that shit. I, you know, we wanted to see explosions. We want to see badass villains. We want to see women and men kicking asses. We get them. We remember mm. those films. I, I completely agree with you. Just like everything that... Ha- like, everyone has been coming away so pleased with this film. And... Like, right now, we'll see how things are a couple of months down the line when people have had some breathing room from it. But I think that you may well be right that this is going to be, like, a a talking point for a long time going forward. That being said, I feel like we need a jingle at this point in the podcast, which is Podquisition, pushing our political agendas on you. Because, you know, everyone's everyone's going to complain about it this week. Yeah, we like women and the gays. I don't think they will. I think think it was just one little article that got blown way out of proportion. And most people didn't feel it was... I saw people who were actual people on my timeline who were complaining about it when they saw trailers. Uh, I mean, I do think... uh, I do think... Like in in term, especially in terms of the amount of people who went to see it, considering it was so fucking successful, mm. the complaints are a drop in the ocean. That doesn't mean we should write them off because some of them were fucking balmy. Can we just uh, talk about the Doof Warrior for a second, which was the most metal fucking thing in a movie ever? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like for as as much as uh, all of the the women characters were fucking fantastic, my god, the villains! Yeah. My fucking god, the Immortan Joe! Like I. I was simultaneously in awe and bursting out laughing at just how awesomely stupid he was. Is this weird that, like, a couple of times there were villains in this film that I got, like, a a Girahim from Skyward Sword feel off? Like, these are some just, like, weird, creepy-ass villains that I'm just like, I don't know what I'm scared of from you, but I'm scared of you. Like, it it really made me think of... Because one thing I love about this film, about about Fury Road is just how in keeping with the character of the old Mad Max films it is. And that goes right down to, you know, the Road Warrior, we had the Lord Humongous in bondage gear and a hockey mask with two bike gangs, one of which was called the Gay Boy Berserkers and the other one was called the Smegma Crazies. And, And we get right onto there to the War Boys where you've got these fucking, you know, perverse guys with tubes and pumps and plastic muscle casings with medals on them mm-hmm. and a fucking, let's talk about flamethrower guitar guy, please. The, the, the best, the best movie character in history. And what was especially good about it was how they tied it into the actual soundtrack. Like, those guitarists yes. were in the soundtrack and as the camera would get closer to the uh, the truck the guitarists would raise in volume in the soundtrack, and that was so fucking clever. Yeah. So like meta. The, 
just um, the, the drums on the back and the yeah. guitar dude on front and just the way that as you say they wove it into the soundtrack mm. and the fact that you could hear it in the distance even when they were far away from it that and was really just eerie that yeah. sense that it was coming for you and yeah. then when the chase is had it's all just down and now now and it boom, made it logical in the movie's universe when you heard it that far away you you suddenly realize as stupid and preposterous as this is it completely makes sense in this universe yes i mean it was like an old medieval like marching band yeah. but obviously all mm. gussied up and hyperactive for that the kind of culture they have yeah, yeah. um but yeah seriously like, if that if the apocalypse awesome. ever happens that is the job position i'm going for mm. <laughs> warlord's right. metal guy it's i'll be the like, fat dude with the nipple rings and the ceo suit oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keeping this vaguely on video games like i looked at that film and i was just like this feels like what borderlands always wanted to be like i feel like this is what they wanted borderlands to be and it never quite was but it, oh it's just mm. this it is this masterpiece this ma- of the mad max game is looking pretty fucking cool too i really hope it turns out yeah, well because yeah that. did you yeah. guys watch the gameplay the gameplay trailer yeah, and what i've seen of it yeah. looks, looks really very good cool. so i just hope they don't go really kind of um po-faced and humorless with it i hope they kind of i hope there's somewhat of a tongue-in-cheek feel yeah. to it in parts at least you know because i mean you've got to if, if it's a mad max thing like mm-hmm. mad max as as dire and and dismal as the actual subject matter is mm-hmm. They they never quite take themselves too seriously. There's mm. always just this campness to it, this ridiculousness. Mm. I mean, this is a series that has you know the famous things like we go in, we kill, no more talk, yeah. or just this laboured <laughs> over the top shit, and just this new film with this fucking this gas masked fucking dude with his plastic body plating <laughs> going, you know, watching his minions fail and go mediocre yeah. like just brilliant <laughs> yeah. like that was my favorite line like i burst out laughing at that yeah. um people spraying silver fucking paint in their mouths just to uh, before dying like just just so over the top and i video games themselves seem to have trouble with that i guess because mm. they're they get a bit insecure about being taken seriously and all this shit well, and uh, that's but i t- do hope they like well, movies tend to lack that kind of wild imagination nowadays and video games have it much more just i think video games have more of a problem with the tone of it mm. yeah i think well well i think the problem is is they they try and emulate movies and they think mm. in their minds movies are serious so we must be serious yeah um which which i think that's again going back to witcher 3 what makes witcher 3 stand out is because they have allowed themselves all kinds of just silly <laughs> stupid bits comedy bits yeah um like the names the names of the quests are so are hilarious Mm. i just i just loved watching so so much watching someone play through it where they it's someone in a bar i think and they just like someone shouted at them i'll rip off your head and shit down your neck and i'm just like Mm. it did it in just a way that it couldn't be taken serious i was like no that is hilarious i love this Mm. game i'll never I'll never forget a line from Witcher 2 where I walk past a couple of peasants and the wife says to the husband, we haven't had any food in two weeks. And the husband says to her, what do you want me to do, woman? Shit a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of the dialogue is like, like the other day I was playing a, one of the Witcher contracts. It was like an imp had been stealing stuff. And Geralt goes up to the dude and is like, I read your note about the imp. Or was that an imp? perfection in your writing <laughs> and i'm like you you fucker like, it was just gloriously awful and uh, in universe awkward as well like it was supposed to just be awful mm-hmm. um it's the touches like that i love i just i love it when mm-hmm. games just so many games are just so fucking po-face so fucking miserable uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. games can be fun I, yeah well. you do you knew you do need that i think sometimes you do need that um lighter side and a little bit of humorous relief when when your universe when your universe is as grim dark as the witcher's universe can be 
you know you need that and that's why i think that's why i'm kind of losing interest in game of thrones at the moment it's just relentless fucking misery yeah i mean there's, yeah. I mean, there's a thing on tv tropes called audience uh, darkness induced audience apathy which is where you go so grimdark so consistently mm. people stop caring because it's like mm. what have you got to shock us with you, you're showing us you know murder and rape every it's single like, day I've, with kind I've, of... it's like i've watched you chop off a man's penis and his hand and then beat him with a whip i what what are you going to do this week yeah. How are you like, going to one-up that? At this point, you need to send fireworks up his ass and send him to the moon mm. to, to actually get me to care. Um, and again, going back to Fury Road, that was I read an article on, I think it was Polygon, um, where they were uh, talking about it's how its restraint is what made it so effective. Mm. Uh, because there is very little actual hardcore bloody violence in that film. Yeah, there's only maybe like, what, two, two or three parts where there's like something gory. Yeah, so it really, when you know, when mm. someone gets a real nasty comeuppance, when someone yeah. gets into a really nasty situation, it actually means something. Well, yeah, mm. it, it um, uses I, it as I, its, like, its key touch points for where it, like, alters its tone. It's, yeah. When you have, like, something like this, we're either going to ramp it up or we're going to, um, like, drop right down, and that's going to be the turning point. Mm. I think it uses the, the idea of physical impact rather than blood, though. The mm. movie, it, it's, it's violence is in the, the feeling of impact and force rather than yeah. slashing and blood spraying everywhere. So it's like, it's constantly full of action. And in fact, I mean, when it gets, when those moments get really quite nasty, I mm. feel like they're slower moments as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just that that contrast really makes them more effective mm. and i think a lot of people seem to think that just constantly upping the ante is how it's effective but mm. you can I loved, do I'm that not, for so long obviously we won't spoil it but i loved how it ended as well i was like mm. it's not how i expected it to end and i really enjoyed the way it ended because there's a tendency amongst stuff like that to end in certain ways and i'm glad it didn't Yes, definitely. Yes. Mm. It avoided a lot of sort of corny Hollywoodized sort of yeah. ways of wrapping things up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was really good film. If you've not seen it yet, definitely. I mean, I'm someone who, by nature, hates crowds and hates movie crowds especially. Um, mm. And I went on Monday, and that's unheard of for me. I don't normally go until like mm. a week or two after a, a film's out, but I could, I had to go see it. And yeah. despite all the hype, despite all the overexcitement, I actually left there thinking I got what I wanted. Mm. So on a on a very different note, just completely taking a left turn here. Really? That's so unlike you, Laura. <laughs> oh, I know. I take a few left turns. But um, Mojang this week had some fun with a player of Minecraft who his username in Minecraft was Mojang Sucks Dick. And um, so this was basically like this guy created his, his Minecraft account name in a fit of rage because he couldn't get onto his normal account. And then he kept playing with it for a couple of years. So he's had the account Mojang Sucks Dick for about two years and gone completely under Mojang's radar. And they found his account completely by accident because they'd had a complaint from some parent and child about someone with, like, dick in their name popping up on their server. And they were doing, like, a... Mojang were doing a search for sucks dick and found this name. (laughs) And... This story is great because where any other company would like would ban the account and would like be like, we're so angry. They let this guy keep his account. They messed with him, though, because they changed his name without telling him. So his name was no longer Mojang Sucks Dick. It was no, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) So he just he was it was quite fun reading the Reddit thread where he was like, yeah, we don't have anything against you, but we stumbled upon him. We thought we'd have some fun. So he now has the, the the unchangeable Minecraft name of no we di- and no we don't because he you wanted know, to say Minecraft. That and story did not dick. go where I was expecting it to go. No, I, I thought we were going to hear about a huge outrage because he got banned or something. No, like I, I the reason I kind of went this way is because we were talking about like companies not taking their work too seriously. And that's kind of why I liked this story because both sides of this didn't take the situation too seriously. The kid mm. who had like Mojang sucks dick as his name, he knew that like it's like yeah I did wrong and I probably deserved this, and the company were like we're not going to ban you mm. we're just going to have some fun with you, and both sides came away really <laughs> happy about the situation. So that was a weirdly feel good we've, story um, this week. You know what? We've never talked about Minecraft on this show, have we? I don't think no. so. Do you guys like Minecraft? 
I think that <laughs> Minecraft is absolutely fantastic at what it does. It mm. is not 100% for me. Mm. Uh, I need like a bit more structure and routine to my games, but for what it wants to be and for facilitating the kind of interactions it does between people, I think it is a beautifully simplistic and very widely scalable like version of like mm. um realization of what it means to be i yeah. think it's fantastic of what it wants to be even if that thing is not for me how dare you <laughs> how dare you be this reasonable <laughs> i think it's pretty good i think it's a pretty good game it, it is not one that i um ever got into like massively into yeah um but no, i no. do i certainly recognize why people have Mm. I, I completely respect everything that that game is and for games for, 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 out of all the games that could have become as huge as this one did I think this one certainly deserves it in many regards yeah yeah Plus, I think it's, it's it's I love its utility because because mm. whenever someone tells me games have to be so expensive because people need to demand all the high-end graphics and make us build new engines all the mm. time I point at Minecraft and go fucking Minecraft it's like yeah if you have the mechan like the the mechanics that people want like implemented correctly then people mm. will happily go with the base visuals what I yeah, what... it's it's almost like if you find something if you find an untapped market, you yeah. can tap that market, as weird as that well, sounds. it's kind of the way I feel about Five Nights at Freddy's in some ways. Like, not on the same scale at all, but, like, if you find something that is not being, like, a market that is not being catered to, and in Five Nights at Freddy's case it was horror stuff for kids that's not going to give them nightmares for too long, like, you find that market, you can do cheaply implemented things in that space, and they will do really well. You don't need to go a, super high budget. I have a story about Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, you talked... Th is this oh, about yeah, you talking yeah, yeah. to the man? Yeah, I talked to the man. Um, so for any who don't know, I've talked about it a bit before, and he's, he's mentioned it in interviews before, but um, he did a game uh, that he tried to get on Steam through Steam Greenlight called Chipper and Sons Lumber Company. Now, I found that trailer... And I made some fun of it um, because <laughs> that's so cause, unlike you, Jim. <laughs> yeah, because it was fucking terrifying. Like it, it wasn't supposed to be. It was like a kid's game, um, but featuring animatronic beavers that just looked lifeless and dead and looked like they wanted to kill you. And I kind of made fun of that. And then a whole bunch of other people have kind of made fun of it. And 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 it kind of upset the dude. Uh, not never my intention to upset people, but he's talked in interviews about how he sort of went into a depression afterwards and everything. Um, and eventually he was like, uh, well, fuck it. I mean, if, if I've got this sort of creepy idea on my hands, let's just make it intentionally creepy. Mm. And that's how Five Nights at Freddy's was born. Uh, so he kind of took that criticism, and, and this is why I admire the dude. Um, you know, even though I don't quite get the games um, as much as I, I wish I could, uh, I admire the shit out of the dude. He's called Scott uh, Cawthon um, because he rolled with the punch he was criticized he turned that into something valuable and now the man's just printing cheddar uh, just mm. stacking it like there's no tomorrow well this um, is how you get better at art is you listen to the criticisms yeah, i mean you have to you have to be you have to be careful which criticisms you listen to because not all of them are valid but you know it's definitely worth thinking about them when you get them yes definitely um so anyway i i was talking about that recently just because I went back to my old Five Nights at Freddy's video, my old, uh, sorry, Chipper and Son video, and found that a whole bunch of Five Nights at Freddy's fans had swarmed into the comments to insult me um, and just saying, oh, well, look what your video did. It made him really successful. I bet you, Jelly. And I'm like, well, no, actually, I'm quite proud that I have this small contribution to a, a major successful game, even though it was a small contribution. Um, and, and I just thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'll, I'll email Scott Cawthorn and just be like, hey, I may have accidentally made you depressed once um, you know sorry about that uh, and then just kind of explained sort of just how I respected how he turned that into Five Nights at Freddy's and, and all this stuff and he, mm. he got back to me and there's there's no certainly no hard feelings uh, between us and he, he does not blame me for, for him being in, in depressed at the time he said that was a a lot of other sort of, um, you know, just just the whole thing of trying to uh, achieve something and not quite going, getting what you wanted, uh, which is something I think most of us here would understand all too well. Um, 
so yeah, I just wanted to confirm the dude's fucking nice as shit. Just really lovely guy, um, and I'm really glad that there's a no no uh, love lost between. You know, that's that that's a bad thing, isn't it? When they say that there's there's nothing. There's no ill will between the pair of us, and I wish the dude all the best. And I just thought it was a really positive thing. Uh, for those asking who they have asked, there's not going to be an interview or anything. He's a bit of a private dude, but uh, he's just just lovely, lovely man. That's so nice to hear, because like I respect so much of what he did. Like Even if that series isn't for me, like I don't think it was ever meant to be for me. It's, it's, it's horror that is like digestible by children and doesn't contain any of the parts of horror that are likely to keep kids from sleeping and it's like very child digestible horror and for what that series is it's fantastic and i have so much respect for the dude and his his work that it's really nice to hear that he's also a nice guy that's really reassuring yeah it's a good thing good thing that happened um is there anything major we need to talk about i know that there's that thing with nintendo <coughs> Um, hiring Doug Bowser. Oh yeah, Nintendo hired a man called Bowser. <laughs> um, we all laugh. Yeah, we we laugh. Um, um, Oculus isn't going to stop you making porn if you want. Fair um, enough. Why um, would it? It's going to be its biggest earner. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, Del Toro feels burnt by the games industry. No surprise. He's tried to work on games twice, and both times they've vanished, and he's never understood why on either yeah. project. So it's like I'd love to see him work on a game, but my advice to him would be get out, or at least don't work with AAA publishers. Get the fuck away from those vipers as you can. Mm, Kickstart exactly. a Pacific Rim fucking proper video game, <laughs> or just just work with Kojima again on a horror game. Put it on Kickstarter. You mm. can well, have some of my money. Uh, he has said that if um, Kojima wanted to work with him, he'd still consider that. Uh, like Kojima's the only person he would still consider working on a video game with. Wow. So, countdown to the Kojima Del Toro Kickstarter, maybe. Who knows? I'd be into it. I'd be into it. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention before we moved off the topic so quickly was about The Witcher 3. Um, I, just a little bit about the way they built the world. I think they've hit that really nice sweet spot between like Elder Scrolls and Dragon Age. The size of the game kind of feels like halfway between those. like And the way they lay out the quests and stuff. And I think they've hit that really nice sweet spot yeah, between I mean, it's, both it's... of those. It's overwhelmingly huge, mm. but I feel that getting around that world is more pleasurable and natural than Inquisition, which has yeah. made it much more palatable to me. Yeah, it feels a bit more organically. Uh, the landscape feels a little bit more organic than uh, Inquisitions yeah. did. Mm. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's all I wanted <laughs> to say. <laughs> it's a fucking great game. And if you can get it working, buy it. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> I think the last bit of news we had this week was, uh, do we want to talk about this EASTARWARS.com? <laughs> What, I just want to this? say that, that if you go to eastarwars.com it currently um, says that Battlefront has been cancelled and has some weird music going um some people that aren't EA managed to get that uh, that domain name and they've done some stuff with it they've done some stuff <laughs> it's they've got a list of all of EA's victims sort of oh, lined really? up of all the closed studios <gasps> what's what's um, the domain name eastarwars.com like, my reaction was to, like, I wanted to reach for a lighter and just light it and just wave it in front of the screen. Oh, God, uh, how do I turn off the piano music? Ah! <laughs> what the fuck? It's great, so, isn't it? God yeah, damn gave it. Yeah, it gave me a sad smile this morning when well, I saw it. Oh, well done, Internet. Do, do we have time to do some questions? We can do some questions, I think. Yeah, we got some questions in the chat. Do, does anyone have anywhere they want to start, or should I pick some out? You work away. Okay, so um, woo, where do we want to start? Um, Stuart Denu wants to know what is our favourite plot twist in a video game or TV show that genuinely caught us by surprise. I think that wouldn't be fair to be spoiling things for well, no, the audience. I I don't want to like. I'm not going to say what say the spoiler that... is, but like. Here's yeah. my spoiler-free example, just to set the tone for how I was picturing answering this to not spoil anything. The mm. ending of Broken Age Act 1. Because regardless <clears throat> of anything that Broken Age Act 2 did right or wrong, the, the, the plot twist at the end of Broken Age Act 1 
completely flipped at one on its head and made me replay that experience. Like in terms of video games, it is the greatest plot twist I've seen. Hmm. I'm going to go hmm. with um, this, uh, the ending of Kill Bill Part 1. Yeah. The, the very final line in Kill Bill Part 1. I can, yeah, I can understand that. Hmm. Do you have one, Jim? Jim? Um, no, I'm here. I'm just trying to think. Um, possibly the ending to, um, I think, what was it, Season 3 of Breaking Bad was a really good, memorable one for me. Oh yeah, that um, was pretty amazing. That, that was a that was a beautiful one. If if only for the because I think twists on their own aren't great, mm. but the delivery of them is what really sells them. And that one was mm. just sublimely directed and delivered and had a great soundtrack to it, uh, which is what really sold it for me. Uh, so that was a really nice holy shit one. Mm. Um, as far as games, I'm not sure I can really think of a major one. Um, I would say most. I'd describe one that I really liked in The Witcher 3, but that would be, uh, again, spoilers. But certainly the mm. end of the Family Matters quest, uh, where you're dealing with a character called the Bloody Baron. Um, his entire arc is one I found fascinating, and the ending to it was actually did make me say holy shit. Because it was so understated as well. Like you, you work, Long before the cutscene triggers, you've worked out what happens, and you yeah. just think, well, shit. Uh, so that was a... That was a good recent one. Uh, Tara maybe wants to ask, if you were supervillains, what would your persona be and what themed crimes would you commit? Mm. This I'm one... just going to steal Swarm's gimmick. Swarm is a lesser known, for good reason, Marvel villain. Um, he's a Nazi. I might not emphasize the Nazi bit so much, just because just I'm not a fan. Of, uh, I know that, again, controversial <coughs> politicising, but I'm not a fan of the Nazis. Uh, and that, but at the same time, he has explicitly stated that his bees are Nazis as well. And, <laughs> and just the ability, because he's made of bees. Uh, he's like a dude made of bees, and he shoots them at you while, while saying things like, feel the wrath of my Nazi bees. <laughs> so if I could just be like Swarm 2 or something like that, Swarm 2 sending Nazi bees into people's mouths and asses, then mm. then that would be for me, thanks. Well, I think that mine got decided for me last week, or maybe the week before, which was when we were having a discussion of fan art, and I jokingly suggested, like, just because I say you've got to make superhero fan art of me, or so something to that effect doesn't mean you've got to do it. And instantly that means that people went and did it. <laughs> and there is a superhero piece of art, a fan art of me, that was done by someone in the Podquisition Facebook group, or the Gymquisition Facebook group, who um, basically drew me with a big butt on my chest. And I don't know quite how that butt's <laughs> going to give me super super villain powers, but I'm I'm assuming that I'm going to go around either turning everyone into butts or um, I don't know turning everyone they love into butts. You know, you try and give your loved one a hug, and it turns out they're a butt and they fart on turning them. every piece of geek culture they love into butts. Yeah, it's like oh, you 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 quite like the the Halo games. Well, now your Halo games a butt. It's going to fart at you. Ah, the video game you like farting on you because it's a butt. And that's my supervillain power. I will go around committing butt-themed crimes, turning everyone's valuables into butts. Unless their well, valuables are butts, in which case that's my weakness. It's like, what do I do? Batman turns out to quite like butts. Well, I'm not sure if mine's ever been done before, but I would be um, a guy who's like strapped to the front of a giant truck on a bungee cord playing a flamethrowing guitar with four taiko drummers <laughs> pounding behind I'm, me. I'm pretty sure you're the first person to ever come up with that yeah, idea for a yeah. villain. Someone should like totally use that idea in a movie. Yeah. Copyright, trademark, original character, do not steal. Mm. Yeah. Um, Joey Cotton asked an interesting question. How would we feel if Konami put PT back up on PSN but started charging for it? Apathetic. I would laugh. I would laugh so hard. I would spend all day on Twitter making fun of them. I mean, I do that anyway, but I would do it even more. You know what? I kind of wouldn't mind it for one reason and one reason only, which is that the second that one person pays money for PT, it's much harder for them to get away with um, completely eradicating it from the face of existence, and that makes it much easier to archive properly. 
Yeah. So purely from an archiving the medium standpoint, if they did it just for a day, just let me let me pay you money, Konami, because then you're fucked and you can't get out of the situation of, oh, fuck, we took someone's money for PT. Now we're in trouble and we've got to let everyone have it forever. Yeah, I can see the logic there. But, I mean, of course, this is Konami we're talking about. Yeah. They might just still take it down anyway because they're a bunch of fucks. They fuck are a Konami, bunch of, by They're the a bunch way. of fucks. They're, they're, they're the new Ubisoft. That fuck Konami. Oh, no. They're, they're, I'm going to give them an award, which is the uh, congratulations you have taken Ubisoft's heat for them <laughs> for a week. You're, you're the, well, new, no, the new weeks, Ubisoft. Like, since this whole Konami thing's been going on, I don't think we've really had a proper moan at Ubisoft in a long time. And not, not the kind that, that, that we normally give it. It's not the kind that our first, right, like, you, 50... you guys were moaning about fucking Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed we... for like half of the episode okay, last we, week. We kind of complained about <laughs> Assassin's Creed, but we weren't complaining about Ubisoft's business practices so much, just some stupid design decisions and stuff. But... I did call them like a big testicle full of shit at one point. Yeah, you did um, kind of, but... But that was affectionate. I, I still feel like we've settled... We've... We've lightened up on Kana- uh, on Ubisoft a bit, and I think that is thanks to Konami. So thanks Konami, thanks Konami for making us be nice to Ubisoft sometimes. Goddamn fucker eggs. Um. So what else do we have? Um. Oh, I don't know if we've got any more good questions. These are these are the ones that were decent looking ones. Um. I don't know if we've got the answers to hand. Simon Lee's wants to ask how many games do each of us have in our Steam collections. Jesus, is there a way to tell how many games you have on your Steam? Um, you hover over library, and next to all games, it will say how many games you have. All right, let me just have a look there. How, do, is it how many games or how many that you've actually played? How many do we possess <laughs> in our Steam library? Oh, and of course, Steam decides that now is a good time to do an update. Just cancel the update, and then it'll open anyway. Jesus, I don't know how many Steam games. But then again, I only moved to PC, like three years ago so i have two accounts i have one that i use for work stuff so i don't get people pinging me all the time and one that i use for playing with other people on my non-work one i have over 800 games holy fuck now most because i was i was embarrassed to say how many i had because i thought it was a loss how many do you have, have i have like 153 Okay, well... 800? Yeah, most of mine are, like... A lot of it is, like, free codes I've had from places for stuff that I wasn't ever going to review, and um, games that I've got from, like, Humble Bundles and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I have a lot of games just kind of sat on Steam. Do you guys ever, like, impulse buy stuff off Steam, like, games you played years ago and stuff, and then, like, just play it for the first hour and forget you have it? Yeah, the, I do that on uh, good old games all the time. Mm. But I can't do it on Steam because I have a press account. Yeah, you, you, you're one of those people who got grandfathered into a press account somehow, like because those stopped existing after a point. Like they, they, they were like, no, we're not going to give anyone else one. So you're grandfathered in. You're, you're in that wonderful situation where you're just like, yep, I have everything pretty much. <laughs> Which is lucky for Jim. <laughs> Jim has infinity Steam games. Technically in the library. Because you've actually got to add them to your account now. Okay, how many have you um, added to your library? Technically. Because they weren't all um, manually added. We, we count the ones that were just auto-added before you had to manually activate things. Yeah. Uh, my library stands at... Um, 2,434. <laughs> Ooh! Jim, do you want to give me access to that at some point? You know, <laughs> you know, just just turn on family sharing. Add me on your family sharing. It'll be great. <laughs> oh goodness! I probably do that. Wow. If you but, um, if you can, I wouldn't say no to it. <laughs> I'll look into that because I've never really looked into that stuff. I like to say I I keep myself very private on Steam and uh, I. I have. Kind of a, it is a work thing for. I me. have a work account specifically for that reason that has no friends. Jim, you may think you're private on Steam, but like your face always pops up on like recommended games and stuff. As well, like I mean, I'm private that... on Steam, but my um, Steam curator thing is. Oh, okay, is okay. A different thing. But yeah. yeah, I've got like I've got like seven friends on Steam. <laughs> People, I just don't add anyone. I have no friends on my on my press account mm. because. 
it's for work. Mm. Yeah, when well, I, when I, I say press account, it's not fun. an actual press account. It's like an account I use for press. When mm. I buy games for fun, I mostly use uh, GOG over Steam just because I want to... If I'm going to buy a game, I want it to be guaranteed working. Mm. <laughs> you know? Because mm. GOG are pretty good with that. They're pretty damn good with that. So yeah, that's that's probably a good place to wrap this up for this week, isn't yeah, it? Isn't it? good, yeah. I think it was good. We did a good show. Despite and Skype's it's... attempts to ruin us. Hey, it's hey, if I do my job properly, no one will ever know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Skype remains our dirty secret. Um, but we did such a good job on this show, people may want to know, how can they keep following our work? Laura, how can they do that for you? Ah, if they want to keep following my work, best thing to do, go to Twitter, at Laura K. Buzz. That is where I tweet all the things that I do. You can also see the things that I do if you go to Patreon and give me some money to help me keep making the things. So, patreon.com forward slash Laura K. Buzz. That funds me doing stuff. That's what pays for the time that I spend editing this bollocks into a listenable podcast and so on. Quite literally, as I, I do contribute as well. Um, yeah. Not enough, in my opinion. That's something I'm going to change once I get through tax season, probably, because oh, you do wonderful work and it's always appreciated. Tax, tax season is the worst. I am discovered killing us. This is my first time, like, going through the uh, full-time freelancer tax season, and oh my god, taxes! Yeah, mm-hmm. <sighs> it's it's a very it's upsetting a moment when you realise just how much you have to pay. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's like, yep. Well, I'm not going to be eating for a while. Yay! Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Please do support Laura um, any which way you can. Um, yeah. so that's absolutely come, fine. Come work, follow me on. Work. Come follow me on Twitter. Get me over that ten thousand mark. I'm getting closer every day. I'm on ninety six hundred. Oh, not like that. Is that I'm almost in the in the the ten k. Oh, yep, almost in the fun club. And um, Gavin, you do some music on the internet that people can hear, yeah. and they 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 need to know how to hear that, please. Um, well, you should go to YouTube, and seeing as Witcher 3 just came out, you should look up my Witcher 3 song, Wake the White Wolf, which is ever getting closer to 2 million views now, and I think it needs to get that 2 million, so go and give it a listen. That's a lot of views. Mm. A lot of views. Mm. Um, well, so it's also- a fucking great song. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I love about you most, Gavin? It's It's your modesty. <laughs> It's honesty, because I'll come straight out and say when I've done a terrible fucking song too, but that one, that was a good one. <laughs> so yeah, that one's called, uh, do you say Wake the White Wolf? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. go listen to that, everyone, get it to the two mills, and otherwise, just just enjoy the rest of the time. Got a Witcher 3 review on thejimquisition.com, got an, uh, I, I don't know if it's exclusive or not, I didn't ask, but I've got a, a PC version of D4, Dark Dreams Don't Die, that I've done a video on the uh, Jim, uh, Jim Sterling YouTube channel, go check that out, and we will be here next week, come hell or high flimmin' water. And hopefully Laura's been shit. able to uh, play Witcher by then. I hope yes, so, hopefully. because hopefully by then I won't just have an expensive... At the moment, I have an expensive coaster and a lot of use of Twitch. So, yeah. <laughs> hopefully I'll have Hope played by eternal. next week. <laughs> so look forward to that, and we will see you, as always, next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.